Welcome to the Life is Better with You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. Here, we want to help. And where there's help, there's hope. A short disclaimer. This podcast is not a replacement for therapy. If you feel you need treatment, we strongly suggest you visit your physician or go to withyouhere.org slash therapists for assistance finding a mental health provider. Our topic for today is microaggressions and allyship. Now here's our host, Dr. Childs. Welcome to another episode of Life is Better with You Here. I am Dr. Shavana Childs, and I am glad that you are here with us. Today, our discussion will be around microaggressions and allyship. But first, as you know, I always like to start with a guided meditation to get our minds and our bodies grounded, relaxed, and ready for good information. So find your favorite spot, get comfortable, get relaxed, You can have your eyes open or you can close them and let me guide you through this meditation, which is called avalanche. The concepts of seeing darkness and listening to silence are very Eastern thoughts. Their utility in our culture can be very calming influences. So here we go. I want you to concentrate on your breathing With each breath, feel your body expand and contract. As you let go of each breath, your mind begins to clear and your body lets go of its tension, allowing your thoughts and body to come to complete stillness. You are quiet tranquil and serene. Allow your eyes to close as you feel these sensations. As you experience feeling quiet and calm, a sense of purification begins to develop. Allow yourself to drift into a deeper state of relaxation, breathing deeply and allowing your imagination to roam until you find yourself walking into a winter forest. You are walking in a forest where everything is blanketed by soft, white snow from a recent snowfall. As you walk on this snowy path, you slowly emerge from the trees into a large, open, snowy field. In the far distance is a snow-covered mountain with a sheer cliff face. Suddenly, near the top of the mountain, A large section of snow slides off the cliff and falls, thundering down the slope until it eventually ends in a huge puff of white. In the aftermath of the avalanche, all is silent. Nothing stirs. The snowy field and mountain are completely quiet and calm. Allow yourself to enjoy the stillness.
This stillness and serenity and purity is a pleasant feeling to experience and bring back with you. Focus on this feeling of serenity as you begin to become aware of your body and its present surroundings. As you consciously become aware of your breathing and my voice, allow yourself to gently open your eyes, come back to the present as I count to three, returning to the room with this sense of calm and refreshment, awakening and returning now, one, two, three. Hello, my kings and queens, and welcome back. So today, we're going to discuss microaggressions. And it was a term that was coined by an African-American psychiatrist whose name is Dr. Chester Pierce in the 70s, in the 70s, to um, describe the verbal and sometimes nonverbal experiences that people of color have that kind of prick our souls. It's things that people say to us that quite don't feel right. And we have to question, why do we feel that way? Or what just happened in the room? Or things that make us feel slighted. And so when we talk about microaggressions, the definition that they give is a statement or action or incident regarding an instance of indirect, subtle, or unintentional discrimination against a member of a marginalized group, such as a racial or ethnic minority, okay? So it can be subtle, it can be unintentional, okay? A lot of times people don't realize that they're doing it, and it's against a member of a marginalized group. So it could be racial, LGBTQ, it could be gender, it could be a lot of things. And a lot of times it happens so slightly that we don't even know it's happening. And so we have to walk away feeling like, I don't know if that's what they meant. And sometimes I tell people, if you have to question it, if you're feeling some type of way about it, chances are it probably was a microaggression. And what people will call it is death by a thousand cuts because each microaggression takes something away from you. It leaves you feeling less than, it leaves you feeling depleted. It, it takes a piece of your spirit because it, it takes from you, okay? So it's an indirect, subtle, or unintentional discrimination against members of a marginalized group. So an example of a microaggression, and we've all heard them and maybe didn't recognize that we heard them are things like, oh my gosh, you are so articulate. What do you mean I'm articulate? Shouldn't I speak well? What does that mean? And would you say that to somebody who was Caucasian? Okay, is it a surprise that I speak well? Or if you've heard it in our communities, will you talk like you're white? What, what does that mean? I speak English well? My vernacular is good, okay? Or we've had this one, <clears throat> if you have natural hair, or if you don't and you have long hair, the questioning, is that your hair? Can I touch it? 
and them not knowing how offensive that is for you to ask to touch my hair. I'm not a pet, but those are types of microaggressions and we can become very angry. We can feel slighted. We can feel a lot of ways because it's a shot at us. And again, it's a cut. And this is what they mean by death by a thousand cuts when it comes to microaggressions. Other examples are um, if we are of mixed heritage, if we are Asian and someone comes up to us and they ask us if we're mixed heritage, uh, well, what are you? What do you mean, what am I? I'm a, I'm a human being. No, I mean, like, what are you? Oh, well, I'm African-American. Well, like, but 100% or like, what are you mixed with? And so again, very, very offensive. What does it matter to you what my heritage is? And if it does matter, there's a better way to ask me, okay? Or um, Asian-Americans or Asians being asked, well, how long have you been in the country? I was born here. I've been here all my life. Oh, well, you speak English so well. Again, I was born here all my life. Those are microaggressions. Um, it can sound very ignorant and it may not be coming from an intentional place, but it, it is a place of ignorance, whether it's they mean it or not, it can hurt the person who is, is the target of it. Again, that death by a thousand cuts. So when we break this down further, there are actually three types of microaggressions. There's micro insults, there's micro assaults, and there's micro invalidations. And so we're gonna talk about those and we're gonna break it down. So the whole umbrella is microaggressions. And then we can go under the umbrella and have micro assaults, micro invalidations, and micro insults. Okay, so let's start with the micro assaults. So micro assaults are deliberate. They mean this, they meant to do this. It's intentional. They meant to hurt your feelings. They, they said what they said. And they're insults that are meant to hurt the intended victim through name calling, through um, avoidant behavior and purposeful discrimination. Ever been in an elevator? You're in the elevator, African-American, person of color, um, and a, a European person gets on and as soon as they look at you, they grasp their purse and they move to the side. That's a micro assault because what is the message there? Oh, you might rob me, you person of color. You might harm me, you person of color. Or if a European person or another person of color, because it happens with across races, and let's say a black man walks past their car, and the first thing they do is hit the lock on their car. The message is, you make me feel unsafe. You're dangerous, so I'm going to lock my car. That is nonverbal, but it's very clear what you think. So that's a micro assault. Um, telling inappropriate jokes. 
Um, I cannot think of an inappropriate joke right now, which I'm kind of glad, so that tells you where my mind is, but telling very racist or inappropriate jokes. Um, and then saying, oh, I was just joking. It doesn't matter that you were just joking. The intent was that the joke was racist, it was wrong, and it was a death by a thousand cuts yet again. Okay, and by saying, oh, I was just joking is meant to smooth it over and tamper it down a little bit. It doesn't tamper it down because the damage is done. The damage is done. There's a saying, words are like nails in a chalkboard. Okay, you put the nail in, that's the word. You can take it out by saying, oh, I was just joking or I apologize, but the whole is still there. The damage has still been done. So sometimes, you know, saying this is just a joke or I'm sorry is not enough. Okay, so those are micro assaults. You know, somebody locking their door when you walk past, or if you're walking down the street and you guys are on the same side of the street and they see you approaching and then they cross the street, the message is you think I'm a threat to you. That's a micro assault. When you walk in and you get into an elevator and the woman clutches her purse, that's a micro assault. You know, right now I can envision you going into the Wild Wild West saloon and you're the only black person and you walk into the saloon, all the music stops, everybody, and it's like, Arr! that's a micro assault. The message is, what are you doing in here? You don't belong. A micro assault. So these are the things that we watch out for, and these are the things that happen to us on a daily. And if you're not a person of color or in a, in a marginalized group, you don't know this experience, so it's hard to explain it to somebody who's not in a marginalized group. And sometimes it can make you feel like you're taking crazy pills because those people, you know, those people don't understand what we go through on a daily basis. Secondly, is the micro invalidation, making you feel like what you believe, what you feel, what you experience is not valid. So a micro invalidation is when someone attempts to discredit or minimize the experiences of a person who is from an underrepresented group. Okay, again, marginalized group, people of color, LGBTQ, transgendered, all of those things, gender fluidity, any of those things. Um, and so when we're things like we're in a meeting and something happens soon, you feel like you're being discriminated against, you try to explain and the person says, oh, that's not what happened. That's not what they meant, but that's what I experienced. I know when I feel like I'm being dismissed. I know when I feel like I'm not being heard. And how can you tell me what my experience is? So minimizing my experience. Um, the invisible woman or invisible man, depending on what the situation is, being in a meeting and saying your piece and nobody acknowledges what you said, but Bob or Susie will say the same thing. And they're like, oh my gosh, yes, that is amazing. I, that is a great idea. And you just said it 20 minutes ago. 
totally feeling invalidated. And I call that the invisible woman. And a lot of people of color will tell you that this has happened to them in the meeting. And then when you try to explain it to them, the other part, oh no, that's not what happened. Oh yeah, no, it's exactly what happened. And then we have to deal with that. And we walk away feeling less than, feeling dismissed and feeling unheard. And so again, these are the things and it happens at all levels. It happens at very low levels and it happens at corporate levels. It happens in the C-suite. It happens in every level. And so we have to deal with this. And this can be hard on the psyche. It can be hard on your mental health, on your physical health. Because again, this is the world that we have to walk in, that we have to deal with, that we have to go through and navigate on a daily basis and decide, what do I do? What do I say? How do I navigate through this world on a daily basis without, frankly, losing my stuff and going off on somebody? Because after a while, you can only take so much for so long before you start to lose it. And you want to advocate for yourself. You want to stand up for yourself. The last one that we'll talk about are micro insults. And so these are verbal and nonverbal communications that subtly convey rudeness and insensitivity and demean a person's racial heritage or identity. We've, most of us, I, I would say, have had this happen. Um, an example for me was I was in a meeting and we were all sharing as a group childhood clubs that we had belonged to and everybody was talking about girl scouts boy scouts eagle scouts and so i said that i had belonged to um, it was a girl scout subgroup called the brownies it was before you were old enough to be in the girl scouts and so i said you know oh yeah i was a, a member of the brownies i was a brownie and one of my co-workers one of my equals came up to me and did two things that were insulting. She inverted, invaded my personal space. She pinched my cheek and said, and you still are. I was so humiliated. I was done in front of a group of people and I was very angry. And in that moment, I was so young that I didn't know what to say and I didn't know how to advocate for myself but I was angry and I knew why I was angry. And so I just smiled and I didn't say anything. And at the time, I didn't know what that was or what it was called, but I very well knew why I was angry because she embarrassed me. But that was a micro insult and I felt, and it was very subtle. And it, it also went into that um, micro invalidation. Oh, I was just joking. And oh, it was just a joke. And that's not what she said, but that's how it came across. That's how it came across. So things like that happen all the time. Um, when I did a presentation on this, one of the vignettes I used was, we will call her Jackie. Jackie had worn her hair straight to work all the time. She got tired of wearing her hair straight to work. She wanted to wear her natural hair. So one day she decided, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to wear my natural hair. I'm going to do this. Wore her natural hair, kept wearing it, kept wearing it. After a while, on the community bulletin board, shows up a picture of buckwheat. How do you think that made her feel? 
And what type of microaggression was that? And so we had the class go through this and a lot of them didn't know what to call it because A, they weren't even sure it was a microaggression. A lot of them didn't catch it and a lot of them did. And the message was, you're not okay to wear your hair natural. But we don't think about that European or Caucasians wear their hair natural all the time. So what is wrong with me wearing my hair natural? Jackie was fine when her hair was flat ironed and it was their version of natural hair, their natural hair. But when it was her own as an African-American woman, natural, then a picture of buckwheat appeared on the community board. And that was a micro insult. They insulted her heritage. They insulted who she was as a black woman, which made her feel demeaned, which was a cut to her on many levels. Um, so things like that, people in the LGBTQ community go through this. You know, having someone question um, their heritage or their gender preferences and it, it doesn't just happen on normal people levels, it happens on all levels. So I have an example here um, and this, I have two examples. So Katie Keurig, um, when she was interviewing um, transgender actress Laverne Cox and transgender model Carmen Car Carrera, and she asked them about their genitals on national TV. And Katie Keurig is an interviewer. She's a personality, she's a TV personality. And she did this. So that's a microaggression that she did. And I don't think it was intentional, but there was no thought put into, you ask somebody about their genitals on TV. Would you have asked anybody else? Would you have asked, I don't know, President Trump about his genitals on TV? Would you have asked President Biden? Would you have asked somebody who was not transgender about their genitals? Why was that an important question to ask? Again, those death by a thousand cuts, and you did it on national TV, putting them very much on the spot, okay? So there's no one who's immune to doing this. For example, Joe Biden, okay? Joe Biden, when he complimented Barack Obama by calling him the first black person articulate enough to be front runner for president. Not what we, ex what we would expect from Joe Biden, but it is what he said. So these types of things can be ingrained in us and we not know. This is not what I would expect from Joe Biden, but yet here it is, it did happen. So nobody's immune from it and it can happen to us on all levels. So the thing about this is while these things can happen and they have happened to all of us, if we look back on our experiences with other people in the world, with work is where it tends to happen most. When we're out in the world, whether we've witnessed it, we've seen it, it has happened to us, there is something we can do about it. And so we talk about this 
to empower people of marginalized groups, race, gender, transgender, LGBTQ. We want to empower ourselves. But for those of us that are European, Caucasian, that you don't have this experience, we want to empower you too. Because guess what? There's something you can do. It's called allyship. You can join with the marginalized group. Okay, so what there, there's a thing called a bystander. And what a bystander does is they stand by. They just kind of watch what happens and they either decide to act or they don't act. Okay, and allyship is kind of built off this bystander concept. But what allyship says is, I'm not just gonna stand by, I'm gonna be your ally. If I see something, I'm gonna say something. So if we're in a meeting and Shavana brought up this wonderful idea that could bring in millions of dollars, but John didn't recognize or even acknowledge that she said something, but when Susie says it, he's applauding her and telling her how great this idea is, I'm gonna say, excuse me, John, Shivana said the very same thing about 20 minutes ago. So can we go back to that and discuss what Shivana was talking about? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the same idea. I'm gonna stand up for her. I'm gonna be an ally when I see a microaggression. I'm not just going to stand by and say nothing. Because silence can be compliance. We don't wanna be silent. We want to be verbal. So this is the section where we say where there's hope, there's hope. Allyship is definitely the help. Okay, so a bystander does not speak up. An upstander, an ally, is a person who speaks up or acts in support. Okay, they're going to be the person that when they see it, they're going to do something about it. And this doesn't always happen because you can freeze. And I will give you a prime example. Um, our department where I work was having um, a seminar, oddly enough, on microaggressions and allyship. And one of our colleagues got overzealous and was basically just going in and she committed like a ton of microaggressions and there were two other colleagues there and they froze and they didn't know what to do they didn't know how to rein her in they didn't they just they froze and so there was no allyship there so when it was our turn to do our didactic we spent like 30 minutes apologizing we spent 30 minutes you know doing reconciliation you know what can we do better and my colleague who was there and froze stood up, apologized, asked our fellows, our residents, what can we do better? What can I do better the next time? I apologize for not speaking up. This is what happened. And I commended her because that was a big thing for her to do, for her to go in and say, I messed up. I am sorry, I froze, I did not know what to do. And so I say that to say, allyship does not come without mistakes. We all make mistakes. 
But if we could acknowledge, own, and then move forward from there, it's not a mistake, it's a lesson. We don't always know how to be allies, but if you don't know how to be an ally, ask the person you wanna be the ally for. If you see Jackie and you know that she wore her hair natural and you see a picture of buckwheat, ask Jackie how that felt and what you can do to help. Take the picture of buckwheat down, hold a committee meeting or in stand up or whatever the meeting is, hey, there was a picture of buckwheat. I don't think Jackie appreciated that. I'm not sure what the message is, but I don't think that was appropriate. And I don't think that should ever happen again. Speak up. Do for someone what you would want them to do for you. And we can be an ally no matter who we are. Allyship does not have to have a color, gender, race, nationality. Allyship is allyship, okay? So here are some do's and don'ts to allyship. I'm gonna read these off to you. The do's for allyship. Do, be open and listen, okay? Listening is always important. If you listen to my other podcasts, we talk about communication. Communication is a two-way street. One person talks, the other person listens. And active listening, not listening to respond, but listening to hear what the other person is saying. Be an active listener. Listen to what they want and then respond with what you can do, okay? Excuse me, be aware of your own implicit biases. Again, we come with our own stuff. We're not perfect. We all have biases. And if you think you don't, you do. So there is a test. It is called the implicit biases test. There is a website for it, and we will put that website up. And it, it's implicit bias for almost everything, race, um, sex, it, there's implicit bias, and you can take a number of these tests to figure out where you fall, what your biases are. You take it, you don't have to share it with anybody, you can share it. I took it, and I was appalled at myself for some of the things I was biased against. So take the implicit bias test. Um, we'll try to put the link up for you, but you might be amazed at what your biases are. But it's also important to know what your biases are, okay? So be aware of your own implicit biases, the, the biases that are within you, all right? Do your research and learn more about the history of the struggle you are participating in, okay? If you're being an upstander about race, know more about that race ask questions. If it's transgender issues, know more about the transgender issues. If it's gender, know more about women's struggles, know more about men's struggles. Men have struggles too. Know more about Asian history, Jewish history, African-American history. Know more about the struggles that you want to participate in so you can be an informed ally, all of us. Do the inner work to figure out a way to acknowledge how you participate in oppressive systems. What are we doing to keep the systems oppressive? Because we all participate in it in some way. Even those of us in marginalized group participate in these systems in some way. So how are we making the system worse? And then figure out how to stop doing that and correct it. Do the outer work and figure out how to change the oppressive systems. 
do use your privilege to amplify digitally and in person historically suppressed voices. How do we help people get heard? How do we help the historically suppressed voices be acknowledged? We're in a technological age now. How can you do that? Do you post those stories on your Instagram? Do you put it on Facebook? Do you start a committee at work that cherishes Asian American month, African American history, Pacific Islander history? How do we do that every day of the week? How do we do that every month? Why are we waiting till such and such a month to cherish that group? Why are this, why is this not 365? Okay. Do learn how to listen and accept criticism with grace, even if it's uncomfortable. And that should go for all of us. Criticism is always hard, but be able to sit back. And this is where the active listening comes in. Listen to what the other person is saying to you. If somebody is saying that you've hurt them by what you said, let's not get defensive first. Let's listen. Because if I'm telling you I'm hurt by something you've said, that is my perspective. Let me tell you how I was hurt. And then let's discuss it. And then we can avoid that hurt again in the future. Okay. Now here are the don'ts. Okay. For being an ally. Things not to do. Do not expect to be taught or shown. Take it upon yourself to use the tools around you to learn and answer your questions. Okay. Now I will say, I think it is okay to ask. If you need to know, do ask, but also make an effort to teach yourself. Tons of books. We're in a tech age. Google has everything. Tons of books before they burn them all, I should say, but use what you have. Okay. Do not participate for the gold medal of oppression Olympics. You don't need to compare how your struggle is just as bad as a marginalized person's, okay? This is not a, a comparison game. We, we all have it bad. If you're gonna participate, it's not a medal. Participate because you care. Participate because you want to be there, you wanna make it better. Don't behave as though you know best. And that's what happened in that scenario I told you about our colleague. She thought she knew best. She was championing for the people while shutting the same people down. We can't know better than them what their experience is. Ask, learn, check it out, educate yourself, okay? Do not take credit for the labor of those who are marginalized and did the work before you stepped into the picture. You can't show up and take credit for what was being done decades before you got there. You can't show up and participate. You can't show up and learn. You can't show up and do some work. Okay. Do not assume that every member of the underinvested community feels oppressed. Not everybody does feel oppressed. Not everybody has had these moments. So let's not make assumptions. And that's across the board for anything. Never make assumptions. You know what they say about assumptions, okay? So the takeaways that I want you to have from today's discussion is microaggressions can have a negative impact. They can impact our health, 
um, higher blood pressures, our mental health, higher anxiety, depression, all of those things can skyrocket when we are involved with microaggressions, microinsults, microinvalidations, um, microassaults. Um, we all have some type of bias, nothing to feel bad about, but get in touch with yours, know what they are, know what you walk into the room with, know what you bring into the room when you walk in. Um, awareness is key in making change. Know who you are. Be aware of the situation. Okay. Educate, curiosity, being open and vulnerable will allow us to understand each other's differences. It's okay to be different. We should be different. Everybody being the same would be highly boring. Let's not be boring. Let's be unique. But give grace and empower each other's uniqueness, embrace each other's uniqueness. And let's not be colorblind. Colorblind is not good because there is color and we're all beautiful. There's all genders and they're all beautiful. Let's accept, expand and embrace one another. Let's be upstanders, let's be allies for one another. Let's stop death by a thousand cuts, okay? We can all be allies and upstanders. So my challenge to you is to be an upstander and ally when you see or hear microaggressions taking place. And so instead of an affirmation today, I have a quote by James Baldwin. And the quote is, neither love nor terror makes one blind, indifference makes one blind. And remember, regardless of your mental health journey, life is always better with you here. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you at another podcast. Take care. Thank you for listening. This has been the Life is Better with You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. For more episodes, you can visit us on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and many more. We would also like to give gratitude to our sponsors, the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation and Global Insight Productions, without whom we wouldn't be able to do this. For more information about our sponsors, please visit ohiospf.org and globalinsightpro.com. And don't forget to visit us at our site, withyouhere.org. We look forward to seeing you next week. And if you have any suggestions for future episode topics, feel free to leave us a message. Also, if you or someone you love is in crisis, please call 988 or text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, to 741-741 for free and confidential support 24-7. And again, thank you.